The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Massage Podcast. We're streaming live from Boulder, Colorado, and my name is Elaine Kalenda. Dawn Atkins, our usual host, is on vacation this week. Uh, Just for some information for you, if you'd like to leave a voicemail or send us a text message, you can do so at area code 303-656-9860, or send us an email via www.massagepodcast.com and you'll reach our contact page. You can also come and chat with us during our live recordings or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And now you can download our podcast from iTunes. So good afternoon, everyone. And uh, we're, uh, as I said, streaming live from Boulder on a very, very cold day, but it is also very gorgeous with the snow touching the uh, tips of the flat irons out there. It's just very beautiful. And at a 50 degrees today, we're much warmer than minus 5, which we've had the last few days. Welcome to Episode 10 of Massage Podcast. And today our guest is Beck Stevens, who is a longtime practitioner of shiatsu, Zen shiatsu in particular, and also an instructor at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy. Good afternoon, Beck. Good afternoon, Elaine. And also our host, Jorge Cisneros, is here, and he's keeping track of anybody who might want to ask some questions or call us, um, and, uh, and you can do so. Uh, I'll give that information again in just a little, in a little while of how you can contact us, but you can always just go to Massage Podcast on the web, massagepodcast.com, and get in touch with us. Okay, so hi, Beck. How are you today? I'm great. I'm so glad that it's not so cold. <laughs> yes, right? Um, Beck and I, um, we have had a long-term relationship uh, in massage therapy and body work. We, we go pretty way back, don't we? 82. 1982, yes. 1982, I was teaching at the Swedish Institute in New York, yes. and Beck was one of my students. So yeah. look at that. And then this is how many uh, years later... Uh, in 1992, I walked into the uh, Boulder College of Massage Therapy to start my teaching job there. And who do I run into in the hallway but Beck? And I was like, what are you doing here? And you had been, you'd been teaching there for a while yes, by that I point. Yes, I started there in 88. So you started teaching. I had already been there about three years then, or two years maybe. Okay. And you were, she was teaching Zen Shiatsu. Uh, which you're still doing today. We'll talk about that in a little bit and mm-hmm. your capacity with the school these days. But yeah, Beck was a student at the Swedish Institute back in 1982. And why did you go to the Swedish Institute? Oh my gosh. I I was at a point in my life where I really didn't know what to do with myself. And I had been through like five years of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and I hurt. I had an injury and my back, I was a little runner on the streets of New York Uh and I had hurt myself and 
for four years, I was in pain. And the doctors just told me, you got to learn to live with it. And I had my hands on people my whole life. I was always touching people as a child. Just naturally? Just, just naturally. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, and people felt better. And it, it was very gratifying. And I thought, my gosh, why not get some training here and see what I can do with this? And I walked into the building and started studying there and fell in love. I just knew right away that finally I knew what, what to do with my life. And did it help your back pain? Uh, had you gone a to a, a practitioner of alternative no, complementary for in, your back? In those days, I no. didn't know anything about that. Right. I didn't know it even existed. Well, we were all underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not mainstream back then. And uh, I didn't even go to a chiropractor because my doctors didn't tell me that, that was, there was a possibility, uh, that avenue to take. Mm-hmm. So I was really resigned to being in pain. Okay. And uh, then, in actually, uh, uh, it did help, actually. And then I met my first shiatsu teacher in my class there at the Swedish Institute. Who was that? L- Lindy Farino. Well, Lindy, of course. Lindy yeah. Farino, yeah. yeah. And so I had both of these two uh, characters in my class. What a trip. <laughs> yeah, because it seemed to me back then that you were very um, sort of hell-bent on, you know, shiatsu. And I know Lindy was she kind of shiatsu all the way. She had been attending Ohashi school, right? Oh. She was already a teacher. Yes, Seven right. Seven years teaching. And she had to go to the Swedish Institute to study in order to sit for the state board exams. Right, Because okay. they were cracking down on people practicing without a license. Mm-hmm. So she, she wasn't that interested in massage. I loved it. I just had the time of my life mm-hmm. at the Swedish Institute. You were very enthusiastic. I was. And, and a pleasure to have in class as a student. And um, yeah, but I remember Lindy's, she worked on me once or twice and her hands were amazing. So mm-hmm. she she had had a lot of skill coming mm-hmm. in there. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so th- those were the old days, the Swedish Institute. And then it's so funny to run into you years later. Uh, at Boulder College, and we both taught there for many years uh, mm-hmm. together. And um, but tell me a little bit more. Uh, tell let's talk a little bit more about what, just exactly what is Zen Shiatsu, uh, because people think you know Shiatsu. There's only one kind. Um, could you tell yeah. us a little bit about Shiatsu and yeah, clear that the, up? There are many different kinds of Shiatsu. Many <laughs> different kinds. Uh, I can't even name them all, but some of them are. There's macrobiotic Shiatsu. There's <laughs> five element Shiatsu that follows then the acupuncture theory of five elements. There's uh, uh, Namikoshi style. Uh, there's, uh, it just goes on and on. There are many kinds. And and uh, a person by the name of uh, Shitsuto Masunaga, well, he was a master. A <laughs> yes. He, he I'm was glad you said this that. Japanese master. He had been involved in shiatsu, and he, he took it a step further. He developed a way to uh, really palpate the abdomen and come up with an assessment. Uh, And the assessment isn't... uh, So basically starting with that assessment, you're not just working on someone according to, well, they say their neck hurts and their this hurts and their that hurts, Mm -hmm. so I'll do this and this and this. Uh, The assessment tells you more than just what a person will tell you with their words. Uh, And uh, he also was a, um, he had a degree in psychology, and this was very unusual in Japan. And so he merged the the information of what is being expressed by the client in terms of what their physical body needs, but also what is happening to them on an emotional level and on a mental level. And so uh, he really elevated shiatsu to a very high level of 
of uh, assessing a person and following those instructions on uh, that that was the the strategy then on how to help a person so it's like a holistic approach yes based on on and the and this is the hada assessment you're talking about mm-hmm. hada assessment and yeah. how and and shiatsu let's go back for a moment shiatsu means finger pressure finger pressure yes and the hada is the abdominal the whole abdomen the mm-hmm. upper and lower abdomen yeah, yeah. Well, I've yeah. certainly, I have never studied shiatsu myself um, formally, but I've received many mm-hmm. sessions. And I, and I love when students are just trying to get that hara assessment down, how they use their hands and they're mm-hmm. very careful. And I tell you what, though, it, their hara assessment, that goes right through me. There, I, I've had very few mm-hmm. uh, times where I've had a shiatsu session and not had to go uh, to the bathroom uh, <laughs> shortly after because it, I, it activates it things, activates doesn't things. It? Yes, it does. <laughs> So, uh-huh. which is very good, you know. But um, what all these different kinds of shiatsu have in common is that they all focus on working with the energy system in the body. Okay. So it is very different from the focus of uh, other kinds of body work, like massage. Mm-hmm. Uh, massage, as I understand it, you're the you're the master here, not me. <laughs> but it, it the focus is uh, on the physical body, and in shiatsu we focus on the energy. As a means to, we we try to stimulate the energy system in the body so that it will then support the physical functions that the body Mm -hmm. has to perform. And the emotional functions that we have to perform, the mindset, the perceptions and and, uh, uh, state of mind that we're we're in. Mm. Uh, That's why they always ask questions, so how are you feeling physically? How are you feeling emotionally mm -hmm. today? Mm -hmm. And then you try to... Well, how do how do they, they do it in their blurb? They tell you. Well, we're teaching at the school a way of getting some information from the client as to what is it that they want, not just on a physical level, but how are they doing in their life? Is are things going the way they would like them to go? Uh, are they uh, comfortable in their relationships? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. But it's yeah. said in a way that it's not prying. It's just no. like, would you like? How would you like to set the mood today? Almost, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I agree that uh, Western styles of massage and body work don't always um, ask about the the emotions of the person. But certainly, more and more, and certainly at Boulder College mm-hmm. of Massage Therapy, we're always um, encouraging students to. Uh, to at least visit the idea that you're working with the whole person. Mm-hmm. But I do know some schools of massage do just kind of teach. Swedish Institute, back when I went, didn't talk much at all about the person's emotions. No. It mm-hmm. was, you know, 500 hours training, here's how to do a full body massage, good luck to you. Nowadays, of course, they go into that much, much more. And we're, and, and many schools are at least, you know, acknowledging the fact that you're not just rubbing the body, you are working with the whole mm-hmm. person and there's more of a emotional support mm-hmm. with that so yes so basically in shiatsu um the the focus is on the energy and the energy in the body interestingly enough we're we're both uh three-dimensional beings you know we have a physical body with uh, different physical structures uh, and then we also have energy inside of us and some people call that the soul or the spirit, uh, you know, I don't care I what people want to call it, mm-hmm. but it is a part. It, it Energy is is um, not uh, limited by time, space, and matter. Mm-hmm. So um, it is a part of us that's not three-dimensional. It's multidimensional. 
So we have this uh, this uh, relationship here uh, between uh, physical matter and energy, and mm-hmm. we're trying in in uh, Zen Shiatsu to stimulate the energy so that um, it distributes itself efficiently throughout the whole, mm-hmm. and it supports all the functions of the uh, systems in the body the functions of the organs in the body. We do that by stimulating the meridians. And the meridians are these channels through which the energy travels. Mm -hmm. And so um, we apply pressure with our palms, with our fingers, with our thumbs. Mm -hmm. And And passive stretches. Also, some kinds Mm -hmm. of shiatsu emphasize that more. Then shiatsu has a little bit of... uh, Joint movements, stretches, a little bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. those those feel so good. they're finding more and more now that, you know, people will say energy and energy work and try to explain that to the uh, the person on the street to make it, you know, as we do our teach our students to give people a little blurb about what shiatsu is all about and try mm-hmm. to explain to like uh, people who've, who want to dismiss energy as just so this non-tangible right. uh, thing. So um, what are some of the ways that when you first have a client that comes in, they've been referred by someone who's very enthusiastic about your work, but they look a little leery and they're very unsure. Do, mm-hmm. do you say some things to make it uh, and maybe help our listeners to, to explain to um, Westerners, you know, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, how do you explain energy to make it more real? I do know that they're finding more and more correlation with hard science and yes. energy. Yes. And that you mentioned just a moment ago that the energy in the meridians and channels run along systems, the nervous system, the, the lymphatic system. I mean, energy is not as intangible as what I'm saying as we, we, uh, we think. No, it's not. Uh, when, uh, if you, if you, I, I try to, I just, it's individual, how much I say to people, but basically the energy in the body, in our Western way of thinking, we haven't been given, we, we're not brought up to consider ourselves as energy beings. And so we're clueless about it. And so when somebody starts talking about energy, we think it's, you know, frou-frou stuff, yeah, you know. So, so. But basically, um, the energy, there, there is, um, uh, f- quantum physics is now uh, measuring how energy performs exactly. and how energy acts. Mm-hmm. And so it's very useful to have that information so that we know how uh, it works in the physical body. But en- your energy, your basic essence of your being is, uh, they say, energy cannot be created, it cannot be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So this principle now uh, is being used in physics and in many sciences. And basically when you think of it, okay, uh, when it's time for us to leave this earth, our physical body fails, basically it just dies. But that other part of us, where does it go? What does it do? It's, it's believed that it's been around for a long time and it goes on to another realm of reality, but it, it never dies. And mm. so that's the part that then a you know, if you're if you ascribe to reincarnation, you don't have to in order to benefit from this work. Right. But if you ascribe to reincarnation, that's the part of us that is constant that remains there to make a decision as to okay, what do I want to come and study the next time I become a human being, mm-hmm. and then it it comes back into incarnation in with a set of um, circumstances that will best. Uh, 
make it possible for the person to have experiences to evolve and mm. to to grow. Very interesting. And I think that the energy is a lot more tangible than we think. And I think it's the energy that that we treat, whether we want to or whether we're thinking about it or exactly. not. We can't get away from that. No. When you, when mm-hmm. you, my dear, when you work on me, I know you're working with me, not just physically, but you're feeling all the way through the muscle into mm-hmm. the bone and through and out the other side. I mean, I feel this. Mm-hmm. Now, people can achieve this whether they're thinking about it or not. Mm-hmm. But we believe that it helps if you know that this is an actual fact, that we're a lot more permeable than people believe we are. Right. We're a lot less, we're a lot more transparent. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Yeah. Than, uh, less solid. Yeah. Than, than, than we, mm-hmm. you know, and um, the same is true when you work with, with, with me and especially in the last few sessions back uh, of the last couple of years, I should say, when you started to study with Pauline this quantum shiatsu and these, mm-hmm. and started to use your hands differently and use all five fingers, it, I felt like you were going right through my body, down mm-hmm. through the massage table, through the floor, down to China. <laughs> I, I felt my body, I felt the grid that you were explaining. I felt like a street map and I was totally feeling transparent and vulnerable in a really nice, very interesting way. I've never felt anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love the New York work that you've gotten into. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think when we treat the body, even if we're just doing, we think we're just giving a rub down a massage, you know, rubbing the skin, the muscles, and it very, seems very concrete. We're really treating the energy and there's no way to get up. Though the more you know about and can sense the subtle energy in the body, I think the more intelligent your work becomes. It yes. just has to be. You get so much more information mm-hmm. if you pay attention to the body in that multidimensional way that you're describing us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know um, how when you receive any kind of body work, at the end, you feel more, You, I, I, I hate to say this, but it sounds so hokey, but you feel more complete. You feel more like yourself. Mm-hmm. You feel more at peace, uh, maybe more unburdened. And, um, and this is because you've been reached at that deep level uh-huh. where not just the physical body has been treated, mm-hmm. but the, the merging of yourself as energy, as spirit, right? Mm -hmm. The merging of that into the physical biology of your body Mm. is stronger. And that's what we're going for. And quantum shiatsu is just, you know, Zen shiatsu was a stepping stone for me Mm -hmm. to then study quantum shiatsu. Uh, uh, My teacher, Pauline Sazaki, was a master of Zen shiatsu. And then, yeah, yeah, she passed recently uh, in in September. And, um, uh, she developed this new uh, work because she was having experiences that were making her see that she wasn't just affecting the energy inside the skin, but that the energy in the field beyond the skin was being uh, influenced according to what she was doing. And she started really studying this and observing it. And she came up with a whole extension of Zen of Shiatsu, which she then called quantum Shiatsu mm-hmm. because she utilized um, rules of quantum physics. Uh, for example, in quantum physics, if you um, are working on two separate bodies. Now, when we talk of energy, we're also talking about resonance. Vibration is another word to use, but mm-hmm. resonance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you are um, working on, let's say, 
the physical body. Uh, it, it's, it's made up of many, many different vibrations, different resonances. Mm-hmm. Energy has to uh, find the appropriate speed in order for it to then materialize something physical, mm-hmm. right? So the blood has a different resonance from the lymph and from the muscles and from the nerves and from the bones. And uh, she found that beyond the skin, we have specific layers that create our energy body. And if we can make the, the resonance of that first layer mer- match in vibration to the resonance of the body, if we, can, if we can work the body in a way that those two layers merge, uh, 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 match each other in resonance, they merge. And two bodies that match each other in resonance, when they merge, they expand and become more than the sum of their parts. Mm. So you work in quantum shiatsu with the light body, the energy in the body, which are the meridians and the chakras, mm-hmm. and you work with them in a way that will create an expansion of that energy. And when the energy expands beyond the skin, it then latches into and, and activates the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. Outer so layers the, and yes, inner layers. The outer yeah. layers Whoa. then start merging with the inner uh, energy of the body, the mm-hmm. personal energy of, uh, of the body. Okay. And so then suddenly when you activate these layers, and they get infused back into the physical body, you have more energy available to you to mm-hmm. create, to do what you want to do with your life. Well, no wonder. I mean, that f- oh, that first session you gave me, I felt so, mm-hmm. uh, it was after my operation, mm-hmm. after anesthesia, it mm-hmm. was in my body yes. and everything, and it just made put me back together. You know, when you say the expression, oh, I'm beside myself, mm-hmm. and, and I've seen and, and felt people's, Aura really kind of be like not on their body, but off shift on mm-hmm. off to the side or full of holes, and mm-hmm. you know, and we do we kind of split apart, uh, and it, um, uh, our atoms, you know, molecularly, molecularly yeah. split mm-hmm. apart. We feel like I'm all all these expressions come from that, like, oh, I'm spaced out, exactly. I can't concentrate, and it's because we're just in splinters. And yes. so this kind of work that you're doing really, really asks the body to come back together in a very gentle but powerful way. I, I'm beyond that. I don't even know how to describe it, but mm-hmm. it's really something else. It is. It mm-hmm. is. And uh, um, and you're teaching classes in this now. Yes, mm-hmm. I you teach those with classes. Pauline for many years. Yes, I started studying with her. I I had a little. I dipped my toe in the water. You know, I studied with her in '83, mm-hmm. and then I came back, and then in '98, I really, really, went really that 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 was it. I, I was studying going, with her every, until every, she every, passed away. Yeah, every time you turned around, you were going to Connecticut, mm-hmm. right? New York was mm-hmm. she, and we were yeah. always going out there yeah. several times a year. Uh, in the last couple of years, um, to study with her. Wonderful woman. She came to visit also, and it was nice to just get to know her and just spend two minutes with her. She just had the greatest energy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you studied, you've been studying um, Asian um, bodywork therapies for a long time before uh, Pauline. There was uh, Nolita. Oh, she, Nolita. She, Nolita, Nolita was Anderson, Nolita, Nolita Pookui Anderson Cook. Okay, glad you said it. <laughs> she's Hawaiian, mm-hmm. and uh, she's also uh, no longer with us on this plane, but um, I studied with her for 10 years, 
And uh, basically, I would travel to Hawaii, and she would take us to specific places, power places in Hawaii, all over the islands, mm-hmm. where a certain uh, certain uh, the medicine uh, that she was she was practicing came out of that geographical place, mm. and so she would take us back there so that we would have an experience. Mm. Uh, that must have been yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, it was. It mm. was. It was very Interesting wonderful. Places, huh? Now, her main teaching to me was um, how important it was to think properly about things. Mm. You know, to have the proper uh, perspective uh, about your life mm-hmm. and about what you want to accomplish and uh, how to solve problems and what is a problem. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. So uh, she blew my head open in terms of also perce- have, uh, you know, being open to perceiving what you wouldn't ordinarily perceive, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was very good for my study of shiatsu mm-hmm. because in shiatsu, basically, we're widening our range of perception here to feel resonances, to feel, Subtle to memorize. Energies, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. To the point where when you're working on someone, you know, it takes some time to do this, but when, when you, you know, when you get into it, you you start to, for example, I just remember... I wanted to, I was particularly interested in, in um, how to help somebody with uh, 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 regulating their cycle, women with their cycle, okay. women who wanted to get pregnant. Yeah. And oh, yeah. frequently they wouldn't even know when, where they were in their cycle if they uh, were suffering from not having mm-hmm. uh, a period, let's say. And my teacher, Lindy, said, okay, well, this is what you do. Every single person you see when you touch their abdomen in the place where there's a dominance of that energy that regulates that function Mm -hmm. of uh, the reproductive cycle, when you touch it, uh, see if you can decide where they are in their cycle and then ask them and just study that. And it took me about a year and every single person I, I, I did that. And I got to really understand the resonance of, okay, she's just about ready to have her period, or she's just had her period, or she's revving up, starting to get ready to ovulate, or now she's ovulating. And you can palpate a person and feel these things. It's not woo-woo. You know, you can really, you know, and you you depend on your clients to, to verify if what you're feeling is correct and then after a while you don't even have to ask because you know what's happening mm-hmm. and it's very useful yeah. to know how to say okay now you're just about ready to ovulate right now so let's make sure and da, mm-hmm. da, da, da. Right, <laughs> you right. know yeah i remember and, that time mm-hmm. you were helping a lot of women out with that yeah particular yeah. area yeah it was mm-hmm. very interesting and so you know uh, the same holds true for you can feel the resonance of any emotion you know, you can feel, I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 everybody who's listening, I'm sure you, yeah, you, you can feel attention. if some, mm-hmm. if your best friend is depressed or if they're really upset mm-hmm. in a different way, if they're agitated or if they you can feel it. Right. So you can put together a lot of things by just feeling it. And the components, the, you know, there are, there are things that we can do as practitioners to increase our sensitivity. And one of them is to be relaxed <laughs> yes, right. and aligned. Right. Yes. And, and so, to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So you while know. you're working, you need to really, you know, it's a lot of multitasking going on here when you do this. Yes, you, but you get, it gets easier as, you're, it does. as you practice it. It does. So let's just um, tell folks that we are live from um, on massagepodcast.com. 
And uh, anytime you want to reach us, you can call 303-656-9860. You can reach us on the web at massagepodcast.com. Uh, and come chat with us live during our live recordings here or on Facebook and Twitter. And you can download our podcasts from iTunes. Again, I'm Elaine Calenda. Uh, engineer is Jorge Cisneros. And our special guest today is Beck Stevens. And we're continuing our conversation uh, about um, Zen Shiatsu in particular. But there's all kinds of other things um, that you and I would want you to tell us, Beck, please, about a little bit more about um, quantum shiatsu. What you're doing these days is something called whole presence uh, retrieval, retrieval, mm-hmm. whole presence retrieval. Yes, sort of like a retrieval of the soul. Yeah, it, in the olden that. way, you know, the the old way mm-hmm. was called uh, soul retrieval, and oh, okay. but now you know we're we're. Um, we're in new times now where the the development of the individual is really being stressed and the individual uh, uh, developing themselves to come into their full abilities, their full range of abilities. So in soul retrieval, the shaman of a, of a village would basically, if somebody had a problem that uh, was uh, just couldn't be solved, the shaman would then go into a trance and travel to the underworld and connect up with spirit. They are the ones that that uh, specialized in doing that. And then they would retrieve whatever part of that being, their client, you know, uh, was missing to uh, to set things right again. And they would kind of return the part of the soul that had been lost or given away or stolen or whatever. And uh, and then things would get better, mm-hmm. right? But now. Uh, in whole presence retrieval, my job is to show the client how to do it themselves. So it's a it's a different kind of a journeying. And basically, yes, you do journey. You travel to all areas, all possible areas of retrieval. The idea is that as we live our life or lives, uh, that we leave parts of ourselves behind, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. Uh, Do you mean you know, like we inf- because of what we've done that we influence things? Kind of like it's a wonderful life where our lives touch everybody else's life. Yes, but sometimes. But also, you're talking about something else as well. Uh, sometimes we just leave part of our soul behind. We we might uh, be uh, uh, have mixed feelings about leaving and going on to another venture in our life. We're leaving a town and beloved loved oh. people, and we leave part of ourselves behind. Or we have a conflict with someone, and part of ourself gets gets torn out of us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and left behind. I see. And uh, the the point is that uh, when we really want to come into uh, our full self, our full ability to create the life that we want to create and manifest things that we want to manifest, uh, it's important to have your whole self back together again. Okay. So this is a process where you go looking for yourself. And and like attracts like you, you. There are things that we do where where we I teach the client to uh, to recognize the resonance of the fragments of their souls that are out there in the universe, in dimensions, in the timeline of past, present, and future. Okay. Uh, and you get yourself back. So is it talking, journaling? Is it? It's a. It's a. 
it's talking and it's an, both me and the client, we go into an altered state, which is very easy, by the way. Everybody thinks this is a real, real. No, it's, it's, it's just very easy. It's very simple. Okay. And you retrieve yourself, you integrate all that energy that you've retrieved so that it resonates with who you are now and you uh, uh, infuse your body with all that energy that belongs to you mm-hmm. and you walk around now with a full deck of cards <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean you're you again you know okay. it's very interesting oh, very sounds, interesting that sounds good I, I studied this with Elle Harrington by the way and she's in Hawaii mm-hmm. it was a very very interesting uh, long grueling uh, uh, training is she yeah. a kahuna no, she's an Nolita American. Nalita was a kahuna. Uh, Nalita was, yes, a Hawaiian kahuna. kahuna, medical doctor. Yeah, this is, you know, so many people are um, having cha- big changes in their life, not because they want to necessarily, but the unemployment, um, changes in situations with this uh, uh, that just happened in the world. And, um, and they, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people. They're just confused. They don't know what to do next and where to go and what. You know. So this kind of, uh, yes. uh, would you call it therapy or, would, you know, a whole. It's a journey. It's a okay. it's a journeying experience. Okay. We do travel and I go right. I'm on the. And you on teach board people how you. to do this. I you teach, teach people anybody. how to do it for themselves. Yes. Okay. So that they. Well, that's yeah. a huge self-care thing. So they do it. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wonderful. Now back to this uh, shiatsu thing. Can I just tell you that um, one of the m- interesting parts about shiatsu that uh, actually made me want to study it is the notion that when somebody comes in with an ailment, let's say you know their jaw, you know, or or carpal tunnel or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever is not functioning properly, that yes, in shiatsu you absolutely need to touch that area. Okay. Uh, but when you're no longer touching the jaw and the face and the head and the <laughs> skull and all that stuff, the treatment of the jaw continues. Mm. So if you're working on the whole rest of the body, you're still working on supporting what needs to happen to uh, get the jaw out of trouble. You okay. know? So while you're working on the feet, you're still working on the jaw. Okay. And that's what we tell students now about fascia, mm-hmm. doing myofascial Absolutely. release. Uh, You can't, you know, you work on somebody's headache by working on their head, but if you don't massage and do a myofascial release to their entire body, that headache's going to keep coming back. Yes. Because a lot of that headache could be in the feet, Mm because that's where that piece of tissue ends. It really doesn't have any beginning or end. It's similar to, um, I've heard you tell students this and I love it. You know, you I've watched I've watched you demonstrate working on somebody's arm, and you're going, but I'm still working on her jaw. Do you see that? I'm still working on her jaw. Yeah, and I yeah. love the that it helps students to make that connection. That you, yeah, the it, perspective is the whole. The holistic yeah. thinking is really and great. energetically. Uh, the way we can explain it is that meridians that travel, several meridians travel about four or five meridians travel mm-hmm. right through the jaw. And those same meridians travel throughout the whole body. So if you're working on the feet and you're accessing and touching and stimulating the energy in that meridian, naturally it's going to affect what's on the other end of the body. Yeah, and here's the thing, you know, our connections are, their connections are connections. And I think that uh, there's been a big rift in uh, massage therapy and body work and people saying, well, body work and shiatsu, it's like so different and they want to be so mystical. And it's becoming more and more connected. 
I mm-hmm. think, all the therapies. Mm-hmm. And I have one question for you, Beck. How well understood is shiatsu with the general public? It depends. Uh, people who have traveled to the major cities, especially, in, in we're talking in America here, New York, uh, uh, the coasts, the big cities, they're aware of shiatsu. Um, people who uh, haven't, um, here in Chicago, I mean, I mean, here in Chicago, yeah, right. That's where I was born, by the way. I'm <laughs> yeah, not totally, totally say, gone. <laughs> but um, I arrived in 86 in Denver, and I went to Madame Ilona of Hungary. <laughs> she had a chain of, of uh, skincare salons yeah. all over the country, and nobody knew what shiatsu was. But she did. I walked in to try and get a job at her place. And she knew because she had these big salons in the big cities, Uh you see. So she hired me on the spot. Wow. But in the meantime, I've trained hundreds and hundreds of students. And I can tell you, I have... there's a good amount of people who have graduated from the Boulder College of Massage Therapy and, and chosen shiatsu as their, their uh, main, main practice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've so had... they're getting it they out there. Have, yeah, yes. And f- the question is for both of you is how common is to include uh, shiatsu as a modality to be, to be taught in any massage school in America? Uh, mm. I don't know the answer to that question. I mm. know that in some states... In order to get your, uh, uh, what is it called? Your license. license, It's required. So then the schools are required to teach it. And some schools don't teach it because, you know, their state doesn't require it. I I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't give you a percentage right Mm -hmm. off the bat, but I do know that um, anywhere the, the national certification exam for therapeutic massage and body work is taught, that there's gotta be some schools in those states uh, that teach at least the basics of um, five element theory. They've, they've, uh, many states have to teach some basics in uh, in Asian therapies, whether that's shiatsu or or uh, acupressure or polarity. They're they're teaching a little bit of body work in a lot of massage schools mm-hmm. these days. And I think it's a great thing because you know it helps to uh, open the. Uh, the somewhat limited American mind. Um, and I love the fact that Americans are becoming uh, just a little bit more in tuned with the fact that there's a great big world out there. Uh, and it's um, important that in, in the healing profession, especially in complementary alternative, which I'd like to just start calling integrative medicine now, that we can um, fill our tool bag with more tools because like, and we're going to answer this question just a few minutes about working in, with medical massage or in hospitals where people who are very frail, uh, sometimes you can't rub their skin, you know, mm-hmm. and it's nice to have other modalities and energetic modalities for when people are very sick so that you, it would, ha- it just helps you with your pace, your approach to them. What if they're, you know, there's so many things that could be going on with, it could be covered with tubes and, in a hospital bed, and mm-hmm. um, you need uh, to have some more tools in your bag. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of practitioners are really ri- realizing that these days. Sometimes you don't, ha- you can't work on somebody on the naked skin. You have to work through the clothing. Right. And so it's it's a good training also to just know how to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now you teach, you're still teaching shiatsu at Boulder College of Massage Therapy. Yes. Yes. Tell However, us about that program. Well, well, there's a there's a hundred hour Zen shiatsu program that's open to everybody who's basically gone through a basic uh, massage training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm co-teaching that. I co-created it with Krista Forsyth, 
my colleague of many, many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we teach that, and it consists of six weekends a year. Oh, okay. So right, um, yeah. it's very manageable. And um, I think also what will help students who want to just um, increase their sensitivity in their massage practice oh, right, yeah. would be uh, basically concepts that we teach in shiatsu. I remember when I started uh, studying shiatsu, I was in my third, uh, my last quarter at the Swedish Institute. And all my my friends uh, at that time, we weren't allowed to make, you know, have clients, but right. I was working on people to practice. Mm-hmm. They all noticed a difference in my, uh, the quality of my touch and a difference in how it felt, uh, how, how uh, basically they, they all reported that my work was better because of the, um, the instruction from shiatsu uh, gears you towards uh, tuning into the whole. Right. And so basically, we all have a field around us, yes? Right. And um, when I'm working on someone, I'm standing in their field. Right. But they're also in my field. Right. And if I uh, um, work with the tools that I have to work with, in other words, alignment and um, uh, staying relaxed, and I understand, I know the, the resonance of a healthy tissue or a healthy joint, I can uh, communicate that to them with, without words. I know the resonance that we need to reach in order mm-hmm. for this part of the body to change. And so I have that going for me. And if you're thinking about that, it, it's happening anyway, whether you're thinking about it or not. Mm-hmm. But when you're thinking about it, mm-hmm. the effect is stronger. Oh, yeah, I think. and you can join in the fun. I mean, it just makes the work more interesting for us, too, when we're oh, really yeah. paying attention oh, yeah. to it. So these are some of the concepts that are taught in those Right. Uh, in that in that certification program, yes, is absolutely. That about once a month, those classes about uh, yes, about, about once a month? Or, yeah, about once a month for a full yeah. weekend. Yeah, but the definition, you know, Doctor Masanaga, the man who uh, created Zen, Zen Shiatsu, he defined it as uh, the pathway to enlightenment through self discovery. Hmm. So if you get treated, uh, everything that you carry around with you. Any injuries, any insults, any hurts, you know, mm-hmm. physical, emotional, mm-hmm. or the good stuff that you carry around with you that maybe you're not acknowledging, mm-hmm. it's in you and it gets activated and it comes to the surface. And then you get to take a peek at who, <laughs> what's inside of you, yeah. you know, the bad stuff, the stuff that's holding you back. You get to see it yeah. and then you get to decide, how am I going to tackle this? Is this a good time in my life? To, to just tackle this being afraid, let's say, of or thinking that I can't or I'm mm-hmm. incapable or I'm not mm-hmm. good enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you decide, then you do it. You take measures, you f- meet the right people, they just kind of appear, you know, <laughs> and you figure it out and you, you end it, you know, and you're, you're freeing yourself up and moving towards your full freedom, your, your enlightenment, basically. Um, yeah, and so with the good stuff too. A lot of times we forget how how great we are, how mm-hmm. phenomenal we are, how wonderful we are. I know. And my students are always talking about um, shiatsu and how much it helps them in their practice. Because they're older, you know, they teach shiatsu. That's your first class, 
mm-hmm. and then um, you learn the Western techniques later. But they they um, just take it for granted that all practitioners are learning some of the, and a lot of schools, like we were just saying, don't teach it. But um, for someone out there who's never studied shiatsu formally before mm-hmm. and just wants to, to learn those basics, um, um, why is it a good idea? I mean, we've already talked about it adding to your tool belt. But in a more um, Western way, can you explain how it's uh, such a good assessment tool? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what kinds of things well, you may be able to find out in the first few minutes by, say, doing some scanning or some palpation with uh, the, this Asian approach? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I'm going to answer your question okay. the way you intended, but this is what I'm getting when you're asking this, is that the work is steeped in, in Asian philosophy, and there's a lot of very rich information in Asian philosophy in terms of how to live your life in a good way how to do things in a good way uh, if you run into trouble in your relationships how to how to handle it in a good way how to have a good life where you're not bogged down by self-doubt but you 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 have happiness and fulfillment in your life uh, and so naturally if you if you avail yourself of body work you're going to you're going to get to that before i was talking about how you become aware of what you're carrying around inside of yourself yes well that's one way of getting yourself there to living a really good life uh, now I'm a little lost. I can't remember what you were asking me. Uh, assessment tools for the yes. you know massage therapists that you know there's n- never studied Asian uh, body work. Um, they may have you know, they may have a deep respect for Tai Chi or um, what you call martial arts. I yes. found those students usually can uh, are more open relate to, to it more and relate yeah. to uh-huh. it and how helpful it is. But somebody who's never studied Asian body work and they're just curious. You know, I, this is what I'm getting to, Beck. If they, um, I know that uh, even me, I have never studied Asian body work formally. All I know is what I've learned over the last 19 years at Boulder College, from, mostly from my students, from you, from getting, from receiving the work. But I don't know why this happens. But every once in a while, I'll be working on somebody's uh, leg, and I'll have to stop everything and just work on the stomach meridian. Yeah, well, because you're just so intuitive but anyway. But I'm tuned you just in. know I, what to do. I can't ignore it. I have yeah. to stop and do it because I know that until we do that, we can't really do anything yeah, for the person. Yeah, it just has to be But I have cleared never studied and, it formally. Right. Okay, so I... I don't know what makes or, you do that other than mm-hmm. you just you just know. And knowing goes beyond the mind. You know, the mind, we think that our thoughts and... Uh, information, you know, makes us better. Yes, it does. But unless it's accompanied by really um, uh, wisdom, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, knowledge is a good thing, but but using your mind in a different way, and that is just letting it unhook. Right, right. And just okay. letting yourself be guided. And that's really uh, oh, that's what, what makes is. you do what you do, okay. Elaine. Yeah, but that's a... to give students who really are reluctant to even buy into any of this stuff, we just do sensitivity exercise after sensitivity exercise after sensitivity exercise to give people an experience that kind of goes beyond the mind. It goes mm-hmm. beyond explanation. But we try to... to tease it out and say, well, what just happened here, Mm -hmm. you know, and we try to back things up, you know, why is it that 
when you're working on one area of the body, you can feel something happening in that hip that's giving you problems. Why is it that it happens? And we just having a personal experience uh, is what will break down that uh, that reluctance to believe in the energy stuff, you know. You know, like I tell my students all the time, they'll come up to me, do you believe in this? Do you ever have a, I just believe in everything because it's easier. That's my tagline yeah. here on the on the show because there's something, some technique that works for everybody out there. Yeah. Uh, so if you have any hesitancy about studying shiatsu for the first time, there are some wonderful teachers um, around the country um, there, um, I wonder, you know, I wonder if the Japanese people, which is shiatsu is a Japanese technique, if Japanese people know what shiatsu means. Do you think they're uh, getting a, a little of, too westernized now? Are they getting I away don't from know it? what's no. happening in Japan right now, but, uh, uh, I had a student once who, her name was Sharon Akiyama. <laughs> Sharon, I know Sharon. Sharon. Hi, Sharon. <laughs> and she, uh, her parents were first generation Japanese. And uh, actually, her uh, she reported that her relationship with her mother, really, she got very close to her mother because she, her mother knew about shiatsu, but had never, they had never talked about shiatsu. Sharon didn't know about shiatsu. And here she, she had to practice. So she practiced on her mother and her mother was so happy and it gave her an in into the whole Japanese community in Denver. Uh And, um, uh, so yeah, there are people now who who don't know about shiatsu, right. but that that exists everywhere. <laughs> right, we can't assume that you know everyone in Japan gets shiatsu and drinks green tea. There's it used to be pretty much know. so. It used okay. to be really like uh, a mainstream. Like mainstream. Oh yeah, and in, and so we could say the same of massage therapy mm-hmm. in the United States. That's right. It used to be more mainstream. It went underground uh, through the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, and then now it's mainstream again. Yeah. And everybody's like, I mean, you can't turn around without seeing a Massage Envy or Elements or, yeah. you know, re- a newspaper. It's it's great. I just hope it stays that way, huh? I'm all for, like, keeping the standards as high as possible. Um, Do we have a moment for me to mention something or are we course. winding down here? We're winding well, down, yeah. Okay, well, real quickly, I'd also like to say that um, uh, we're in a different uh paradigm now. I'm certain that most of you have heard this. We're in different times where the world is different, the environment is different, and that is creating um, uh, a necessity for us to do things differently. Hmm. So naturally, our economic system is completely different. Old structures are falling apart Mm. so that something new can emerge. And we're also nearing the 2012 phenomenon Mm -hmm. uh, where the world will not come to an Mm -hmm. end. No, No, I don't think so. But but it will change. We're, Mm -hmm. We're really at an evolutionary crux and everything is speeding up. And we've been seeing this for a long time now, that children, for example, now are dealing with things that you and I didn't have to deal with until we were in our 20s. You know, everything Uh, is speeding up and mm -hmm. accelerating. And so some people are finding through their um, channeled information that the physical body is also changing. Hmm. And we're really uh, evolving the physical body into becoming more of a light body than a dense physical body. 
Yeah, and the movie Avatar yes. came out. I yes. mean, just to give us some kind of you know and, clue. And, and remember when the Secret came out? Is the it Secret? Is it okay yeah, for me and, to go on and on. Right. Everybody loved that. Oh, yeah. It just resonated with everybody. Mm-hmm. How to um, manifest the life that you want. Right. And it was a little on the simplistic side, but it was full of really good information that this is the direction we're going in. Mm-hmm. So shiatsu in particular and the whole presence retrieval, I'm finding that it's really in keeping with the times, how to help people reinvent themselves mm-hmm. and, and really change the biology of our bodies. And it's, it's a lot, lot of interesting stuff is going on. It is very interesting. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Beck. Um, we've got a question. I'm going to just take care of this question here if I can. And this is from Lonnie, who's a male massage therapist, Northern Kentucky. Hi, Lonnie. I have a con- This is his question. I have a contract pending at a local area hospital. I've been reading Gail, Gail McDonald's Massage for Hospital and Medically... Um, it's a massage in the hospital massage book, excellent book and for the medically frail patients. It is very insightful, but a bit scary. I have been a massage therapist for five years. I've worked mainly under chiropractors. I'm really nervous and starting to feel like I'm not quite qualified to do the job. Are these feelings normal? Um, I'm reading every book based on hospital on base on hospital based massages as I can get my hands on is saying here and for non-aggressive techniques to better prepare myself. Um, have anyone of you ever subcontracted with a hospital? Was it a good experience? Thank you. Love the show. It has saved me from burnout. Oh, great. I'm glad. Uh, thanks, Lonnie. Well, first of all, your first question is, um, are these feelings normal to be a little intimidated by working in a hospital setting? Yes, of course. And, you know, and it depends on the hospital. And if you're the only massage therapist there, that might even be a little bit more intimidating. The best thing to do is what you've been doing. Keep reading books. Gail McDonald is fantastic. She'll probably even talk to you on the telephone if you'd like. She's a very nice person. And also uh, Tracy Walton's website is a good um, reference point. Here in Colorado, we have um, uh, a hospital, Longmont United Hospital, uh, started with one massage therapist 15 years ago. Now they have 16 therapists. Um, I'll tell you what about working in hospitals, though. This is what I know, just from supervising our students over there. The more complicated a person's health is, the more tubes and uh, machines they've got running their life, the simpler it is to give the massage the simpler it is to work with them. It's all a matter of being there, being present, um, offering some touch, sometimes just holding someone's hand and listening to them for a few minutes is enough. So with hospital, here's the basic rule. Less is more. The other trick about working with hospital is just staying out of the way of the staff. Remember that you are a visitor there and uh, even once you become employed by a hospital, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, call me, contact me. I will put you in touch directly with some of our, uh, um, the people here in Boulder that work at Boulder Hospital and people who work at United Hospital. Talk to them. I will give you their phone numbers. Okay, Lonnie, get back in touch with us. 
um, and we'll take care of that for you. But it's a great time to work in hospital. More massage therapists are working in the United States hospitals than ever before since the 50s. So thanks, and we'll be in touch. And I do have a, a comment to, to make. Uh, I did my practice at Boulder Community Hospital, and usually the doctors will tell you on their chart what you shouldn't be doing and what shouldn't be touching. So it's pretty safe, and I agree. I learned this from you, Elaine, that the more complicated the situation is, just less is more. And believe me, uh, patients are grateful when you are even just able to massage their feet or their, their hands. They're really grateful, and it's very useful for them. Right. Mostly they just want you to feel some nice, comfortable touch to go to sleep. A massage and touch really helps them reduce the pain. Okay, thank you for your question, Lonnie, and get in touch with us. We'll talk some more, I hope. And that about wraps it up for our podcast today. Thank you again very much, Beck Stevens, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I I would like to ask uh, Beck if she can give us some information, phone number, or if people would like to contact you later on about your classes or trainings. Why don't you just email me? If you want to be on my mailing list or if you want to even talk to me about anything, I'm I'm very happy to talk to people. Beck Stevens, B-E-C-K, like the beer, and then Stevens with a P-H, no uh, spaces, at Comcast.net. And my cell phone is 303-818-7239. 303-818-7239. And of course, we'll have this information posted on our website later today if you want to get in touch with Beck. And also, um, I'd like to encourage anyone who's been out of practice with shiatsu would like to get back into it. At Boulder College of Massage Therapy, all shiatsu is being done on a table these days. Yes. So if your hesitation was, oh, I can't work on a futon anymore, all the shiatsu is being taught on massage tables these yeah, days. Yeah, we so need to be comfortable. Yeah. You know, We're so, Americans. We can't yeah. squat for very long. But <laughs> Okay, thanks, everybody, and we'll see you on our next show. Thank you. <laughs>